0: Welcome to Become She, where we are guaranteed to piss you off with yourself, make you think, and hopefully help you grow.
1: Become She is a movement capturing the transcendental journey of the strong woman to the free woman, granting herself permission to actualize her highest self. So, Nicolia, darling, I always like to ask.
0: How are you feeling today? you <laughs> are trying to get it together. I, I think you need
1: to get it together. I'm trying to. How was your week? Um, it was okay. Um how's DJ? He's gonna be DJ. <laughs> he is who he is.
0: Negotiator. Her oh son is a negotiator. He's going to go to law for days. He's gonna be a litigator. I'm just saying. <sighs> so we're just gonna jump right into it. Um, our topic for today. She Has Issues Part 2. Daddy did it too. Um, our last episode was Mommy Did It. And so this whole month of March, we're just exploring these parental issues. Um, and today, I decided to do a little something different. Um, I'm actually going to have TT Yanla. Yanla. <laughs> Yanla Van Zandt. She will be moderating. Like, she's not actually here, but like... Um, I don't know if you all have seen if you haven't you should um daddyless daughters it's um a powerful powerful show that she did on own network a couple years ago first she started with fatherless sons and then all the women was like wait a minute hold up what about mm-hmm. daddyless daughters like you can't leave us and so then she did one for daddyless daughters um and throughout the show today I'm, we're just gonna be playing a series of clips and talk a a little bit about the topics on the clips themselves. So I'm just gonna jump right into it. Um, And the first clip is really defining the role of a father, well, the role of a daddy to a daughter and explain the difference um, what a father is to a son and what a daddy is to a daughter. Here we go.
2: For the son, the father models and demonstrates how to be, Yeah. For a girl, daddy teaches her how to be a non-sexual, intimate relationship with a man. See, in in the son's life, the father is there as a a role model and a demonstration. In a girl's life, daddy's there as a relationship. It's different. A daddy is very different than a father. Uh And the pieces that he gives his daughter let her know how to be within herself as a woman and also how to be with other men because isn't it the So most that
0: is the first clip where Tetyana breaks down I think perfectly the difference between a father to a son and a daddy to a daughter um the whole idea of I guess the the non-sexual intimate relationship with a man which I think I didn't as a young adult, I really didn't find until now because my father was not really there at all growing up. Like, he was there when he wanted to be, but then disappeared when he wasn't with it no more. Um, She also talks about when daddy leaves, and I didn't play this clip, that he takes a piece of the daughter's soul with him and that lacking we try to find in... All kinds of ways, and in the next clip, um, she breaks down the three ways that women can be daddyless, which I think there could be a combination of. So um, we're just gonna play this. Go ahead.
1: Okay.
2: You can be daddyless because my father was in the house, but I was daddyless. With daddyless, if daddy everybody just went, now we're gonna call it the choir. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the <laughs> daddyless daughter eight. It's an it's a ache inside of you, so daddy is there, but he's not present. And he, so you're aching to be seen. You're aching to be seen, you're aching to be acknowledged, you're aching to be accepted, you're aching to be approved. Yeah. We're trying to catch somebody's eye, and very often when we have gotten it from daddy and he lets us know <laughs> that you're beautiful, that you're pretty, yeah. that you're whatever, we don't have as much of a craving for the external validation. Then there's the daddylessness where daddy was never there. So we fantasize about what it would have been like had daddy been there and we fantasize about who daddy was and usually he's not a scoundrel or a weasel, he, you know. he's this thing, this great big hero thing that we miss and we didn't have it and somehow make it about us because we didn't have it. And then um, we're going to go to
0: 430.
2: You have the daddy who was there and is now gone through divorce or death or whatever, and that creates this yearning, this hole that nothing ever seems to fill. So, many of you have checked into class tonight on Instagram. Love. So,
0: I think, um, and I guess we could talk a little bit about. Well, I'll talk personally. I think um, I was after I listened to her, I tried to think about what ways my father was daddyless to me, and I think it could be a combination of. The three i think um i'm definitely one and two the whole ache he was present like i said he was there when he wanted to be and then not there when he couldn't deal and so like present but i was always like seeking after daddy like when is he gonna call when he would say he would show up and then wouldn't show up like oh you said you're we gonna do this but then it was always this running after him chasing after him as a little girl um and even somewhat into adulthood i think and then never there for the time when he wasn't there i think as i got older i did start to fantasize like okay how would my life have been a little bit different had he been there um i don't know what do you think i know
1: my girl knowing the context out of which i was born first of all i know that my father was married with a family um three kids and so my mother was the mistress that's not a a secret um he was 42 she was 24 when they met um so I was conceived out of that context so knowing that knowing that there was a pre-existing family um I think as a girl I fantasized about what type of father he was to them um by your siblings to the pre-existing family like my my sister and my two brothers um, so I think I fantasized on that level, not necessarily fantasizing what type of father he would have been to me because the context was fucked up, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I didn't have many expectations for him to be a father in the in the conventional sense of the word. Um, however, um, I know that when I was little, I had questions. My mom didn't tell me, you know, the context of... You know how they came about to conceiving me until I became more, you know, mature in high school. So I didn't know growing up that that the context was that. Um, so I think I fantasized more when I was little. Um, I know during high school, I I would I think I wrote about either one to two letters to him asking him why he did not want to have contact with me. Um, so did you ever had give a lot him of the questions. letters? I mailed them. I, I never received a return letter. I never received anything. You know, it, there was no dialoguing. It was just me, more of a catharsis for me to get it out there. And So was he completely absent the whole time? Girl, like from completely until... absent. The only time I saw him was, I can count on one hand, even as an adult now, and have fingers left over how many times we interacted once when I was little my aunt Daisy died I went to the funeral and I, I remember her because she works in the grocery store I went to and my mom would tell her that's your dad's sister so oh. she would talk to me like you know what I mean that was kind of like under the table conversations but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she would acknowledge me or whatever and when she died we went to the funeral and we were escorted out of the funeral I mean not the funeral but the wake Mm-hmm. That was that was my first experience with my father, um, and it was a tearful experience. I was about seven or eight. Um, Did he escort you, or was we? It, like- it it was known as he was starting to walk in our direction that we were not wanted there. So, In wow. that way, we were escorted out of the wake. That what's was my his, first experience. Was
0: his previous family? I'm assuming they were there, and I'm pre- I'm pretty
1: sure they knew about you. Of course, they knew about me. Gary, Indiana is very small, so yeah. Wow They knew about me So fast forwarding um, My next experience with him Was when I was 17 And I was going into my senior year So the junior year was the summer And that junior year So I was going into my senior year And he pops up at my house And I'm like whoa My mom's like yeah Your dad's on the porch uh, With Yes Random Random girl So he pops up on the porch With this scarf on his head on his motor he had this convertible or this this really like hot rod car like he's always been this younger looking man Mm -hmm. so he was older but he's always looked younger Mm -hmm. um than his age so he's on the on the porch talking to me and trying to have this conversation not really giving me much eye contact because did you have his last name um i did i did have his last name and so We're talking, the conversation was real surface. I'm like, can you go go take me to get my nails done? Because I've always been (laughs) into my nails. Clearly. Clearly he took me to go get my nails done. So it wasn't a real in-depth conversation. I don't even know what his intention of coming was. was. I wonder. But I used and leveraged the experience for what I needed it to be, crazy, to go get my nails done. That's fine. That was real. You surface. used him, and that that brings up an mm. a, a interesting. I didn't point think about that because
0: you did use him, which I, is fine.
1: I, I did. I was I was seventeen. I don't even think I knew the intention of him him coming. It was like so. You you so used weird. him for what you can get out of him at that point. And I think that's that has but that has been the history. <laughs> of the women in my family going back to mommy issues my mama was not attracted to him she was getting perks from going on vacations being Mm. wine and dine seeing her mother only stay with a man for the protection that marriage provided in the in the 40s and 50s while getting her ass beat you see what i'm saying so i don't i think and i'm assuming it was your your mother's (laughs) father there for her I think, I don't, I don't think so. I think it was more or less whenever she came for the summer or came to visit in the summer to Gary, it was just a, kind of like this showpiece, mm. this light-skinned girl with hazel eyes, this exotic-looking kind of... It was okay, never so an used- investment. It was never an emotional investment when it came to men or fathers. And so seeing him that day, I was so emotionally unattached. Like, I didn't know why he was there Which is weird. He's a stranger. Because my first experience, my other, my only other experience was being ran out of the wake at seven and eight. Like there's so many gaps between that seven year old and that seventeen year old. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like who are you?
0: My 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 father' experience is, is a little is a little different when when. When my mother was pregnant, I think they were together and I think they were engaged. I don't really know. Um, But I know they were together for a little bit, like when I was born and then they had a bad breakup. I don't know. I heard through the grapevine he was cheating and doing all type of other bullshit. I don't really know. I was too young to really understand what was going on. I was crying and getting my diapers changed and shit. But then um, I know my mom and I were in Brooklyn for a while and then I will never, ever, 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 ever forget a couple things. My mom sent me because my dad lived in Florida, and my mom and I were in New York. And my mom sent me to Florida one summer, like, oh, you're going to go visit your dad. And I remember being so excited yeah. at the time. One, cause I didn't really understand, like, what that meant. And that was actually my first traveling experience. I traveled by myself. What at, like, first I was, like, first grade. Yep. <sighs> come and, on, Jess. Come on. i have always been girls. <laughs> I'm gonna set it up that way but (laughs) but back in the day it was different like they will give your kid a flight attendant to be with like and they cannot leave you there's a letter there's an exchange between the parent and the flight attendant like it was like legit right and I remember going to Florida to stay with him for a few weeks and I remember he had this girlfriend that I didn't like that's what I remember, mm-hmm. and I remember, like I think I got in trouble, and then he put me in the corner, and I found all these disgusting ass magazines. That's what I remember about my first experience, yeah. like really going to stay with him. And then, um a couple years later, I didn't know, I was, I was in first or second grade, and my mom picks me up from school, P.S. something, P.S. 219 or something like that. She picks me up from school, and then she puts me in this fancy outfit, and then she says, "Okay, get dressed. We're getting in the car. We're going to the airport." And I'm like, "What? We're going where, honey? We went. We moved to Florida that day. There was no conversation. Clean
1: move. Clean. No well, I, I'm pretty to sure. Friends,
0: but like for her, I'm pretty sure she had planned it. For, but for me, I didn't. I didn't know what was going on. She just put wow. me in this outfit. She did my hair. Just we got uprooted. in the car, and then we went oh. to Florida. And she explained it to me later on that they wanted to work things out. They bought a house together. So I'm saying this was had to have been pre- pre-planned because they had bought a yeah. house together. And then we moved to Florida. And then all of a sudden, it was, I was with, in the house with my mother and my father. And that had never happened in 24 hours. No bite of friends, no nothing, just up and gone. And I was like, how old are you in first grade? Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. You're about seven, I think. Listen. you five in kindergarten. So we're in Florida for a couple years, um, a few years. But like... They, their relationship, it wasn't super toxic, but it just wasn't great. And I, I remember one one Christmas, I, w- I stayed over at my aunt's house and then I came back home the next day to my mom and dad's house. And like, they were fighting, like yelling, screaming at each other in front of the stereo. Um, Cause my mom wanted him to turn on the music and he wouldn't. And then as soon as my, I walked in with my aunt, like they hushed, hushed. And they like, they, like they didn't want me to see it. And then, Um, It was some time after that what really, really made me know, like, okay, this is not right. Mm -hmm. I will never forget. This is when SpongeBob first came out, because I remember watching SpongeBob in the bed, in the back. And then I hear my mom scream my name. Jessica, 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 help me. Come here, come here. And I'm like, what? And I was ignoring her, because she was always calling me to clean some shit. I was like, okay, nah, like I ain't going. (laughs) And then she called me again. And you knew it was real. And then I went out to the garage, and my mom... I'm sorry. I've never, I think I've ever talked about this. Like, she was sitting on the floor. With, like, like blood around her. And I was like, what happened? And she, like... I guess she was cleaning up the garage to put her car in. And he saw that, and he, like drove his car up and like ran over her foot or something like that and um like ran over her foot and she kept saying please bring me peroxide and I went inside and I, my dad was sitting on the couch and I looked at him and I said what's wrong with you like he was sitting there so blank so stared face like he didn't even know what he did it's almost like it was an out-of-body experience for him or, or something like that and I just remember thinking, like, what the hell is this? So young, I just I just knew it wasn't right. And since then, I knew my parents were just, like, at that point, just fucked. Like, it was just a very shocking experience. And then shortly after they definitely broke up, he ended up leaving the house, and he was just gone for, like, years. Like, I would talk to him every once in a while, but, like, it was just never the same after that. Even, like, uh, years later when, like, my, my parents... My mother would always say, go call your father or your father call for you. They would never talk to each other. It was always, they were speaking through me, which I hate when parents do that. They sp- make the kids speak to, to the mm-hmm. other parent for them. And so I was doing all this adult shit when I really shouldn't have been. And that's how it was for years. And I think for years I always wanted him <clears throat> to come back and, I was yearning for him and it just never was the same and i really didn't start talking to my father again until like like seriously talking to him until i was in college and so that brings up one of the points that yana was talking about she said there's a a few ways in which the pain can show up being fatherless in whatever way it is to you and one of the most profound things she said Was that women who are daddy less have these series of uns, feeling unwanted, unloved, (laughs) unlovable, unacceptable, unimportant, unattractive, unworthy. (laughs) And it's so true. (laughs) Because for years, it's okay. God, I'm so sorry.
1: not supposed to cry, like that. of course, you're not. But I think when you start talking about it, you start summoning those suppressed areas and those rooms that you thought you could put chains on. It's like you bust that shit wide open when you start talking about it. So, um, yeah, she did talk a lot about the uns, and I can tell you, I was every single one of them, um, uns, and and several more, like. No one is uh, exempt from that. Like, no, <laughs> no matter what your profession is, whatever. Like, no one is exempt. Um, she,
0: they also talk about one of the biggest ways um, the pain shows up from being fatherless, daddyless, in whatever sense is promis. is being pretty much over sexual, um, being promiscuous. Um, I don't think, I don't think I necessarily experienced that. Um, I know I definitely used my body in, in ways that I shouldn't have but I it wasn't like I had a whole bunch of body counts and I was out here like that not to say that if you did it is wrong but I know um in all my previous relationships I was always like I definitely had abandonment issues and I definitely yeah. I definitely gave up sex way too quick and
1: they it with that. They, I agree yeah. with that.
0: They also said something at the end. um, Not everything good or bad for you in your life has to do with daddy being gone, and you need to stand in your truth and tell your truth about it. So I hate to always say because my daddy wasn't there I was doing this and that because I still had a choice in the decisions I made. And I remember when I was was 15. That was when I lost my virginity when I was 15, and I remember going to church with my aunt. A couple weeks after, and it was Father's Day, and the sermon was about fathers and praising fathers, and the pastor was, like, praising all the fathers in the audience, and me, I'm looking around like, okay, like, I don't know this experience, but I'm happy for everybody else, but I will never forget the pastor saying most women who are fatherless will lose their virginity around 15, 16, and this was two weeks after I lost my virginity. I remember sitting in the church thinking, like, Damn. Right. Look at that caught In the pew. <laughs> you sinking in the pew like. Eh. I was like, no. Like, I wanted to get out and, like, excuse myself and go to the bathroom. Go run and hide. Like, oh, my God. But they caught me. thing up. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they caught me. Take off somebody's big old hat and put it over my face and just, like, hide. Because I felt like, damn. Is that me? I don't know. Um, I don't know, but... Iyana also talks about how mourning something that is not going to help you now is unproductive, and at this point, as an adult, you have a choice to make. And um, I think basically what she's saying, like, you could mourn daddy being gone, you could you could, woe is me all you want, um, but that's not going to help you today, like, daddy's gone, like, not get over it, but it happened, like, what you going to do
1: about it now? <laughs> but i think what's important too even before we jump down to that that point i think as black women talking about daddy issues i don't think we mourn enough and in the sense not in the sense of waddling or remaining at at a standstill like miss havisham like we talked about in previous episodes mm-hmm. but we don't even acknowledge a lot of shit to even properly move forward And that's the whole strong black woman, superwoman complex that Diva Logan talked about. Shout out to Diva um, in her recent live video about the superwoman complex. So it's like, how can you really begin to make healthy choices in your quote unquote truth if you don't even acknowledge the ways, like you said, the way the pain shows up? And I know for me, um, when you were talking about the unworthy, un this, un that, that definitely showed up a lot for me i would say more so in college than in high school because my mom tried to have as much of a lock on us literally mm-hmm. um me and my sister by being in church unbeknownst to her a lot of church girls were promiscuous honey Yo, why you thought the you, church grounds girl, is hot that might be another episode let me tell you something no <laughs> why you to thought speak you were locking it. me away let me mm-hmm. tell
0: you something the church that Ooh. And go. I know there's are gonna be a lot of you like go. inboxes, text messages. What you say on that podcast? No, I said it. There was oh. so much in the back of that church, things Girl. that them kids was doing, in the back of that and I'm talking about, yeah, I'ma say it the pastor's son, honey. Like Girl. it was
1: it was deep. We all know about PKs and the musicians. PK the church musicians. kids. We <laughs> know. We don't so even gotta talk about that. Worse. But, oh, yeah. no but that was her way of trying to keep us, you know, unengaged. But, I mean, I lost my virginity, I would say, at 17. I don't know if it was my junior or senior, but I was a late bloomer to most of the girls in my age cohort. And I think that's
0: crazy that we think 17 is late. It was, for
1: me, at that time, No, I know. to the stories that I heard yeah. about what was going down. But that's not late at all. It's you're a not. baby when you're it's, 17. You're very much so a baby. You're a baby at 20. Twenty-one. Anyway, uh, okay. but yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the conversations that were being had on the school buses yeah. and in these spaces and these girls' locker rooms and these bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventeen was was late for my age cohort, but I'm just saying. You know, it,
0: a, a guy said that to me the other day. A guy what? was saying that he lost his virginity at like eighteen, and he was saying like how like that was so
1: late, mm-hmm. like compared to like everybody else. I'm like, that's because you're judging yourself <sighs> by your peer groups. Yeah, and if your peer groups is talking about being deep and. You're like, what, what do you speak of? <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I mean... I agree. The role of a father when you, we talked about the role of a father to a daughter. I don't know what it even means for a man to not be sexual I, even today. I don't can conceive of a man being in a platonic relationship with a woman unless he's a gay man. Like mm. I don't I don't believe in platonic relationships. and maybe I would if I had had that mentoring, mm-hmm. you know, had that that relationship with a An daddy intimate relationship mm-hmm, without in a non-sexual non-sex. way. And and yeah. and I think for me that would have been so challenging knowing the matriarchal sexual history of the women in my family. Yeah. I don't think any of them knew what it meant to be in a non-sexual but intimate relationship with a man. Wow. You know, I I don't, I can't even conceive of it. I mean, I can conceive of it now. But even yeah. now, being married, there are still some challenges that I have as as a wife you know with i think a, a father also teaches a woman how to respect a man too yeah i have some real issues yeah. with respecting men and i don't shy mm. away from that i do I, not shy away from that i like, said on, on a previous, very serious issues that i'm working through i don't I'm not happy about that but i know what it is i said in a previous
0: episode i don't remember which one it was but how an ex said to me like yo what's your problem with men I don't remember which one it was, but, like, for years, and I'm I'm definitely better than how I was before, but, like, for years, like, I just didn't, I didn't have no respect for any guy. I thought every man was just, like, full
1: of shit. And I know that wasn't about them. That was about Brought my to the, yeah. to the brown shoes. To the brown. So, and even now, I have to, like, check myself, like, where is this, where are you talking from? What place are you talking from? Are you talking from... You know, a place of hurt, a place of non-relationship with your father. Are you talking from a very real place? Because I mean, even when I talked about in some previous issue, some previous episode we had, I talked about men, me giving men the opportunity to make a mistake without utterly writing them off and like damning them to hell. Being human, yeah. Like I don't know what that. I don't have a pattern or practice. I've never seen you know, a man being va- fallible or vulnerable without utterly being, it's always been polarized, right? And I feel like even if I hadn't mm. personally experienced it, I feel like there's been so much inherited violence and trauma when it comes to men yeah. that automatically my DNA and emotional triggering and firing and with my neurons is like, no, this is bullshit, fuck him, walk away, mm. you know, get your shit and go. Like, that's automatically, it's, Automatic, like an automatic response.
0: So let me ask this: though. How? What is, if any, is your relationship like with your father today? Oh
1: my God. Um, I don't think I really have one, but I definitely would say that I have more compassion and more empathy. Um, the last time I saw him, he was actually um in a nursing home. He was immobilized due to some health complications. But, when he saw me walk through the door, he began tearing up. Like, he knew who I was. I walked in the door with my husband and DJ. Um, That was the first time that I actually ever heard him acknowledge who I was to someone else. Like, he Mm -hmm. introduced me as his daughter to the nurse. Mm. He knew that that was my husband, and he knew that that was his grandson. And... Like, a part of me just broke inside, even though I didn't let it show. I think I broke down in the car after I left, but that was the first time I was, you know, validated, and I could have picked that apart. Like, why did it take you to be, like, literally on your back before you acknowledged me? But it didn't matter. At the end of the day, it just felt so good to finally be acknowledged from that seven-year-old who was ran out of a a wake because her aunt dad the only mm. aunt who publicly acknowledged me as being a part of the family from that seven-year-old to then, like, finally being acknowledged by my father and having this family and having this husband and having wow. this child, like, that was just, like, nothing short of miraculous to me, so. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um,
0: my relationship with my dad, um, for the last few years, college, law school years, um, we we've talked. It, it's definitely hasn't been as distant. For when I was in high school, there was a time where like nobody talked to him. I don't know if he kept in touch wow. with his siblings. I don't know, but like no, I just never heard from him. Like I wouldn't get calls for birthdays. Like it was just like nothing. And then when i was graduating from college i remember him coming around and my aunt calling me so excited like oh your your dad's back and i was like okay that's cool i I can't i guess and she was like i'm inviting him to your graduation and i was like for what and i remember asking him like do you think you deserve to be here like what Uh book did you buy like like what call did you give me? Like how's class? Like nothing. Check up. So I was like, why are you coming? But I was like, you know, whatever. And I think I was still yearning for him so much. Yeah. I was I was in some I was somewhat excited too, like, oh maybe yearning. now, like, oh, maybe now I'll be good, yeah. whatever. And then um when I moved to Chicago, like we started talking a little bit more, but not enough for me, I think. But it was a strange relationship because I didn't know who he was. He really doesn't know who I am either. And then last year Um, we started talking a little bit more, and I think that's because my mom and him are friends now, whatever the hell they are, but they're cool now. And he came to Chicago to help me move. This was last August. Yeah, pretty recent. Yeah, and that was pretty much like around August, September, probably August, the last time I talked to him. Um, And I remember I went to counseling this summer,
2: um, Mm -hmm.
0: and he came up in my sessions, and... Working on things with forgiveness and all that, because I was really trying to process this new relationship with my mother and my father and what they were doing and how I fit into that, trying not to be jealous that my mom's getting attention from a man that I've always been seeking attention from. And it, it was just it was just weird, so I felt like I need to just t- talk about it. And then... Um, yeah. And then around Christmas, my mom called me like, Oh, did you talk to your father for Christmas? And I was like, No, I didn't talk to him. You know that. You was right there with him. Like, you know he picked pick up the phone and call me. Like, stop. You know parents ask questions, like, they know the answers Don't to. be don't don't Come do on, that. Yeah. And so um I was like, No. And then she said to me, he said the last time you guys talked, um, you hung up the phone on him. And I was like, Lies. Oh, I never did that. Like I don't always respect everything that you do, but I've never hung up the phone on you. Maybe I'm thinking I'm going to the red line, CTA, misconnection, whatever it is, but never a purposeful, I'm hanging up on you now. And so um, I thought about it and I was like, oh hell no. I haven't heard from you in months because you think that I hung up on you. Instead of texting, oh, is everything okay? Did you get disconnected? Or calling to say, did you hang up on me to clarify? Nothing. like. You just stopped talking to me because you think I hung up on you. And at that moment, I decided that I am no longer chasing after my father ever again in life. Like, I'm not going to run after you anymore. And it's not a bitter thing. It's it's taking the facts that you have and sitting in it and being at peace with it. I've forgiven. I forgot. Well, whatever. But, like, it's not going to make me a productive person to keep chasing after you Um Like, what the fuck I look like, picking up the phone, calling you like, oh, I heard that you told my mom that you think I hung up on you. Let's talk about that. No. If you wanted to know what happened to me, I could have been shot dead. Like, who knows? (laughs) In these (laughs) these perilous times, and this post-Trump society. And like,
1: so I was just like, I'm not doing it no more. Like, I'm over it. And I think a lot of times when a person feels like they have been in this position of, not being adequate or not adequately living up to what they believe to be a good standard that offense as soon as the offense comes i don't even want the confrontation let me fall back and i think that might have been part of that too but given your history you want to see the proactive you want to see him take the initiative like yeah you know so i, I totally understand that and i'm done goes,
0: chasing after my
1: father goes, and i'm done chasing mm-hmm. after men Period. it goes to that point about yeah. mourning something that is not going to help you now like you're trying to change that narrative yeah and let's be clear about that ladies like the only way you can change your narrative is you have to acknowledge what the narrative has been by oh wait a it, minute oh
0: this brings up the real healing begins segment yeah. of yonla Let's play that. If I can play it.
1: Yeah, no worries. Please hold.
2: (laughs) Radical truth. Tell about what you feel. Then I want you to tell your story. I want you to tell it in full-blown living color that you would submit to Spielberg. Then, Mm -hmm. if you have five pages, I want you to break that down to one page. Then I want you to break that down to half a page. Then I want you to get your fantasy story about daddy down to 10 words or less. Really? Daddy Daddy
0: gone. Daddy gone. gone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what Ayala was saying
0: that you can only heal when one, you tell the radical truth, whatever Mm -hmm. your truth is, two, tell about how that makes you feel. And then three, tell your story and then break that down into simplistic terms. And I think that was genius. Tell the truth. He wasn't there. How did you feel? That made me feel unloved, unwanted, un-whatever. Um, and then break down your story in the sense that
1: don't make it consume you. Because I could write a whole book And break it down issues. because the parts of the, the episode that you guys didn't hear, because we listened to the entire da- daddy, daddy, uh, daddy list daughters, which yeah. you should too. She talks about the ways in which we overcompensate. So, the machinations that we create in order to, you know, move around the uns. Mm -hmm. So, we create this, you know, reactionary kind of existence that depends on this unworthiness. So, I became an overachiever. So, you didn't want to have anything to do with me, daddy. Like, in my mind, I'm going to be the best that I can be. I'm going to be an overachiever versus Mm -hmm. knowing that I'm going to be loved regardless. So start looking at what it has been my reaction to this old narrative. What have been my, yeah. you know, the things that I've created in a way to respond to this this narrative, this toxic narrative. Because that needs to go too. Because that's a part of re- rewiring and emotionally dealing and confronting with the hurt and confronting yeah. this narrative of a, of a man that really has nothing to do with you. But yeah. it affected you on a
0: very real level. And then so. forgive yourself. For what you didn't know, and I'm gonna play y'all. Really
2: have to be able to forgive yourself for the things that you told yourself about yourself as a result of your father not being there. Ooh, okay. Whatever you told yourself, forgive yourself for the things you told yourself about yourself that weren't true as a result of you the story that you made up. <laughs>
1: And we and we make up all types of stories. And we make up all types of uh, compensative behaviors, right? Yeah. Um, and we got to let it go. Oh,
0: a woman called in at the end, and she was saying, Iyana, I did my work. Um, I've come present to the issue. I think I've done it. I think I've done it. But I'm still, pretty much she was still feeling broken.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and Iyana was like, um, you think you need first you need to become naked in the issue that's the biggest thing she Mm. said but she was like you think that you're gonna do the work and you're gonna get some type of reward or healing but she said the work is only over when you're dead
1: damn cause people oh my god the way Nicole's upper lip just quivered because people don't understand that energy is so intelligent It is so, it will pop up in areas that you had no idea it will pop up. It will pop up in a friendship with someone that you had no clue. That person begins triggering all types of shit inside of you and you'll be ready to be done with them but it really has to do with those broken places that have not been exposed to correction that are wanting to be healed our body is always yearning to be healed to be whole to be brought into union you know what i'm saying and so this energy will shape shift. It will shape shift in. Well, I went to school. I got this degree. I did this. Yep. It will shape shift in your accomplishments. It will shape shift in the way you look. It will shape shift. Well, I go to the gym five times a day. I make sure that my body is together. But none of that shit matters if you are fucking broken on the inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like none of it matters. Like some of the some of the daddy issues I really did not pay attention to popped up when I i was proposed to like i began behaving so badly i began wilding out crazy talking shit talking out the side of my neck going in on my then fiance like it was horrible and anybody who knew me back then knew that Nicole was a fucking pop-up queen i took no prisoners i it was you were a casualty i didn't give no fucks i didn't care and it only happened when that proposal came will you marry me We had no issues up until the point that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with me and commit his life to me as my husband. And that's when the shit started. And that's when the daddy issues started being triggered. At that time, I didn't know what it was. It was crazy. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. But some of these issues, this energy, I'm telling you, it will cower on your ass. And then when you accomplish something mm-hmm. or someone wants to commit to you or move the relationship into a more intimate space, well, you will feel the fucking walls closing in on you, real talk. And, and I mean, that just, that's just my example. So I really encourage you, you can do only as much work as you can do, but there yeah. are some things that will not show up in your life until you are in real relationship with and someone. And you also
0: have to be committed to self. Iyana said she said specifically are you willing to give yourself permission to be who you are moment by moment until it is ready to change you can't beat yourself up when you realize that you ain't figured it out yet Yeah. you know what I'm saying like but we do though yeah. we just do so um, I want to end with um, the last clip and it's pretty much a summation of everything. I think it sums things up pretty well, and I'm just trying to get to it. Um, and I would highly encourage a Dear She submission if you feel the need. If you don't, that's cool, too. I actually can't play the clip, and maybe I wasn't supposed to play the clip. Maybe it's okay. I
1: wasn't. Um, it we was- might
0: can't even play it at the top of the... Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe we're going to be done with, with this shit um, <laughs> in April. Like... <laughs> I don't really want to cry anymore on <laughs> where I'm recording like I'm over it so pretty much it was the end if you if you are gonna watch Daddyless Daughters um, which I think you should um, it's at an really hour and 12 off. minutes and 12 seconds she pretty much walks through a powerful statement with someone and I think you guys should listen to it
1: okay well I mean, we're still gonna try alright hold no, on
0: forget it we're gonna try we're gonna please do it please hold One twelve. So yeah, Um, that was
1: hard pulling up clips on the phone. I just, just, I think people are so afraid of being exposed; they don't realize that's where the healing is. Like, you won't get healed until you are exposed. So, um, yeah.
0: One twelve twelve. It's like, is it my nails that are too long?
1: (laughs) We we definitely want to play this clip. Oh my god! I'm at one
0: twelve. There we go. No, it needs to be one twelve. See, how about we just let it play, and then when it gets to one twelve twelve, 12 we just play it, and I think we don't need to say anything at the end. We could sign off now and then just end off playing it. So, um, yeah, this, this is, is uh, Nicole, Nicole and Jess just signing out. out. Become she. Become free.
2: Okay, so I'm going to tell you some truth right now, okay? You... You are the daughter in whom God is well pleased. Thank you. You are the daughter. I am the daughter. In whom God is well pleased. In whom God is well pleased. And that's the truth. And that is the truth. You did the best you could. did the best I could. And now you're making better choices.
0: And now I'm making better choices.
2: And that's why God is pleased. And
0: that's why God is pleased. Yay. (laughs) Hallelujah.